What's going on, Eagles fans? You are tuned into the very first episode of the Birds of Broad Street Roundtable podcast. This is a special edition episode. James and I invite a few fellow Eagles fans on to discuss the Eagles quarterback situation slash controversy. Carson Wentz gets benched in favor of Jalen Hurts going into this Sunday's game against the Saints. We talk about that and every other layer when it comes to this Eagles team in the quarterback room. We invite Smith from Birds Coverage. Darren, who runs NFL News, and fellow Eagles fan Arash. We really hope you guys like this one. All right, everybody, welcome to the very first edition of the Birds of Broad Street Roundtable podcast episode. We've got a banger here today. Uh, Eagles fans, Fresh Prince of Philly, uh, Birds coverage in the building. Tyler James and Smith, the the unstoppable trio. And then we have our good friend Darren, who runs NFL News, and our great friend, uh, great friend Arash to hear uh to help us talk about the Eagles. A big topic on the table right now is Carson Wentz and the QB situation, of course. So we wanted to all get together, have a round table, and throw around some ideas and some hot takes. So the first one that I want to serve up, how much blame does Carson Wentz deserve? I'll go to you first, Smith. Um Glad to have you back. Glad to have you back on the podcast. So how much blame does Carson deserve in your opinion? Uh, first off, glad to be here. And I think the, the general consensus amongst Eagles fans is that Wentz has been playing well, but the front office, the head coaching, it's not done him any favors as well. So I'll say this. I'll say his mechanics and the way he's playing, it shows that he's not how he once was. I think he can recover and return to that 2017 form if the right pieces and the right coaching is around him. But I think right now, the majority of the blame should not be on Wentz. It should, if anything, it should be on the front office for putting him in such a bad position to play. And more than anything, I think uh, the play calling, it's just, it's just horrendous. You saw the difference between Jalen Hurts and Wentz. It just seemed like, like the plays were more creative, more rollouts, uh, more bootlegs when Hurts was in there. And as opposed to Wentz, where we've seen, for I think five years now, Wentz has played his best football when he's rolling out of the pocket, when he's running and on the move. And for some reason, Doug Peterson doesn't want him out of the pocket. It's just a tough situation with the play calling. Wentz is doing his best. And yeah, he's made a few mistakes here and there. No one's going to deny that. But I think the majority of the blame should be on the head coaching and the front office. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's that's my biggest thing with it is like I'm looking and I'm watching it week after week. And I'm like, this seems pretty personal. Like, you're not doing anything to help Wentz out. Last right. year, you really didn't have that threat. Like, ain't nobody going to be scared of Nate Sudfeld coming in. Like, there wasn't really um, a threatening presence there because everybody believed in Carson Wentz. But this year, it feels like the whole Nick Foles thing over again where you have half the team divided, half the team wants the young guy to be in, and then the other half wants Wentz to uh, be the starter. But I, I, I agree. Like, I just feel like they're not doing them any favors, and then I have this – really bad feeling that when Sunday comes Doug Peterson is going to draw up the best play design possible for Jalen Hurts and he's going to you know at some somewhat succeed um but yeah I, I am really interested to see the rest of your takes uh so Darren tell me like how do you feel about the whole Carson Wentz situation so blame wise I feel like he does deserve a little bit like a fair bit of blame like I was kind of going over some tape uh especially like early in the year a lot of the interceptions were his fault like uh, either like just like miscommunication on an option route, which neither person wants to throw the other player under the bus for that. So it's kind of like a 50 50 split. But a lot of times, like they're coming on like throws to the sidelines where he's throwing them towards like the in, uh, towards the numbers of the field when he should probably throw them towards the sideline to where only his receiver can catch them. So I really, so I think like interception wise and kind of fumble wise, it like it falls on him a good bit. But I do agree with what uh, Smith said. Um, it's like the, nothing around him is good. And like something I've been saying, it's like Carson Wentz has not been playing good football, but this is not the proper year to evaluate him. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point there, Darren. I think my take on it is does Carson Wentz deserve some blame? Yes. How much? I don't think it's as big as uh, most people think. I think when you, when you really look at his game and how he's played all year long, you really need the context 
Uh, it's tough when you see, you know, you come in Monday, Tuesday, you're on the internet and you see, you know, Dan Orlovsky breaking down a play or, you know, Brian Baldinger breaking down a play. You know, if you don't understand the responsibilities of certain players on a play as a fan watching the game, then you might not understand whose fault it actually was. And on the surface, it just looks like, oh, that's Carson. He threw he threw an interception or, you know, why aren't you throwing the ball away? You know, so I think there's a lot that goes into it not being entirely his fault. Of course, he's not playing great football. Um, but I think the sentiment that we're all uh, conveying here is that how do you expect him to play well when the coaches aren't doing him any favors, the the roster isn't doing him any favors, uh, and the scheme that he's operating in along with injuries just continue to be uh, negatives working against Carson. Um, and then like uh, James said, if – if Jalen Hurts comes out on Sunday against the Saints and I see the offense that has has needed to been called for Carson this whole entire season, I'm going to go and burn the link down because that's just unfair. I just don't get it. I don't understand why right. all of a sudden. You, you know Doug's going to do it too because he's saving his job. 100%. 100% is going to happen. Yeah. And I just think I just think it's ridiculous. I think that's my whole big point. You know, you, you have to have the debates online and on the internet and Instagram and Twitter with kids. It's like, why are you rooting against Jalen Hurts? It's I'm not rooting against Jalen Hurts. I'm rooting against a an unfair quarterback controversy. How are you going to work against Carson Wentz? And then when we have to bench him and turn the keys over to Jalen Hurts, you start to make the changes and help the quarterback uh, when you weren't doing, doing that for Carson. So uh, to wrap this one up, I'll throw it to you, Arash, and uh, you know wrap this one up. How much blame does Carson have deserve? Honestly, I think I think Carson deserves blame, but like all you guys have been saying, and I'm not going to reiterate too much, but um, the majority of the blame, in my opinion, goes to Doug Peterson and then second, Howie Roseman. Um, Doug Peterson has failed time and time again to game plan effectively. And it's honestly been going on for the last two years. Last year, we can like say we made the playoffs and whatnot, but we were in an awful division. And even then, uh, you could see us like against Green Bay. That was the first time we saw the run game last year and Jordan Howard went off. And all of a sudden we're like, wow, this is a team that we could really be. And then fell off once again. And like this year, kind of same problems. This year they're like, let's go no offensive coordinator. Last year we were going at the throat of Mike Groh. They're like, who is this guy? He got fired by his own dad at UVA football. Like, why is he here? Why is he one of like the OC? Remove him, bring in some other offensive minds. And that whether that was Howie Roseman's decision or Doug Peterson's decision, that creativity that they said was going to happen in the offseason has been completely absent. And from like a game planning standpoint, I don't understand what we're doing. We are doing absolutely nothing to help Wentz. You look at teams like the Titans when you know they don't have like a ridiculously great uh, offensive weapons. Yes, they have Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown now. But when they first got Ryan Tannehill, what do they do? They're still doing it. Run the ball, get under center, play action pass, screens, easy completions, like make it easy for your quarterback. Whether they're down or up, that's what they're doing. And like that is not something that Doug Peterson has showed whatsoever that he's willing to do. We, th we gave the ball to Miles Sanders like eight times against Seattle total. And I think six of those were carries. And he's like our best offensive weapon. That's like inexcusable. That's not on Wentz. And then you look at the pick thrown against Seattle. Dallas Goddard ran that exact same play, that exact same route. And he broke outside in the third quarter. And he broke inside in the fourth. It looks like it's an awful pick by Wentz. So the entire media is seeing this. And they're like, oh, it's Wentz's fault. He's playing awful, which he has played poorly. He has missed throws. He's been inaccurate. And he's taken sacks where he should have gotten rid of the ball. But if you got to ask yourself, like, is that because he's lost confidence in his O-line and he's lost his rhythm and he doesn't trust his wide receivers? Or is that because he's turned into a bust after a couple of years? And I'm just not willing to say that it's his fault and that he's a bust now. It's, in my opinion, it's, it's Doug Peterson and we'll get into it later, but I, I think it's time for him to, time for him to go. Um, and ultimately, like, I, I really hope we uh, don't stick Wentz to the fire too, too much because Although he deserves some blame, this is majority on Doug and Howie. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm actually really glad you said that, especially the Mike Grow thing, because um, once again, the, the Philadelphia media, they are especially the worst. They will blow any narrative so far up, you know, fans' asses to just create this explosion within um, the fan base. But I'm really glad that you thought of the Mike Grow thing, because Mike Grow right now, he's in Indianapolis. He's with Frank Wright, and he's succeeding. So – there just seems to be this big dis dysfunction and um, organization. And I'm going to go a little bit off script because me and Tyler were talking about this last week is 
I think that Howie is not really a football guy, and that's why he drafts so poorly. Like, he's never really played the game of football. He doesn't have enough football knowledge. He can't look at a guy like, you know, I hate bringing up DK Metcalf, but he can't look at a guy and think like, oh, that guy's going to be a baller, opposed to looking at a guy like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. You know, he doesn't have that kind of football smarts. So I, I thought, you know, we need to bring somebody – in here who has that kind of football smarts and you know Tyler was thinking other ways Tyler brought up all these draft picks that Howie's had and even though they haven't produced here they played well in other spots so then it all comes down to like is the player development in Philadelphia bad or can Howie not draft it's such like a toss-up and I was wondering so I'm going to ask you Smith first like what do you think about the whole situation I'm sorry to catch you off guard with this kind of question but like I've been battling back and forth. I can't decide if it's the player development or if it's Howie Roseman in general. I think if if you're Howie Roseman and you look at a certain amount of talent in the draft, and especially this DK Metcalf situation, and I, I think more so it was exemplified in this draft where you have Justin Jefferson. Now, keep in mind, we haven't seen Jalen Rager in his best form, and he did pretty good against Green Bay. But you look at Justin Jefferson, who's top three in receiving yards, and that talent was there in college, too. It's not a, de- a, de- a developmental thing. That, co- that talent was there in college. He was one of the best receivers in the SEC and in college football in general. So you look at the talent there in college. Jeremy Chin was great where he played as well. And you take Joe Hurts where you don't need him. I think more than anything, you have to draft better. Because I think it, it's a combination of both. Because right now, we haven't been able to develop players as well as we'd like to. And you haven't been able to draft them. So it's both, but I think more of the blame should go on the fact that we just haven't been able to draft well, and you can't really develop players who aren't NFL-ready and maybe never will be NFL-ready in the cases of guys like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I think I um, just to chime in real quick, with the DK Metcalf thing, like I've always heard like it's the medical team that ruled him out and therefore he wasn't even on the draft board, but it's like if you miss on DK Metcalf after the combine that he had, after his size and speed, like no one's going to blame you. Like the fact that we wouldn't even give him a shot and just like bring him into the building and be like, all right, if we miss on this guy, like no one's going to really be like, how'd you miss on him? Like he's an absolute specimen. And that's just like the most frustrating thing is I think sometimes Howie just like tries to get way too smart and analytical and look at things like, all right, let's look at this like separation. Let's look at this, 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 and this. And it's like, just watch the film and trust your scouts. Like these guys are, there's a reason why he's blowing up the SEC with Justin Jefferson. Like there's a reason why these things are like on film we don't need to outsmart everybody else. Just like pick the guy that's best at that position that we're at in the draft. I think a point that I want to make uh, in contrary to you, I mean, you guys make great points. That's the biggest knock on Howie is that he's not making the right picks. And of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. We look back and, you know, we don't like the Jalen Hurts pick. You know, people now want to say that Justin Jefferson should have been the pick. I made the point, I think about a week ago that, um, if the Eagles were to take Justin Jefferson and let's say that they just flip flop and then Minnesota takes Jalen Rager, um, I think we'd be having the same discussion just flipped. I think we'd be talking about Jalen Rager having an unbelievable rookie season um, down there in Minnesota. And the Eagles should have went with, you know, some other player because Justin Jefferson's just not, not cutting it here and he's not getting on the board yet. I just, I think that's the magic of the Eagles is that it doesn't really matter if, if how he's getting the pick right or wrong. I think it's, it's what's happening here. Like uh, James said earlier, the podcast that we had last week, when you go through and dig through uh, how he's drafts, you find talent top to bottom. Every GM misses on picks each, each draft, like no GM goes in one through seven and, you know, comes out with seven starters, three poor bowlers and a hall of famer. Right. So um, each GM misses on guys. Right. And then, so I think you have to understand that um, there, there's something more to it than just how he's making the wrong pick. And I'm not saying he's making the right picks because it could turn out that Justin Jefferson's just a badass receiver and he's much better than Jalen Rager. But when you see how he draft talent to this team, and then when it goes elsewhere, it flourishes. That's, that's a sign that it, maybe it's not how he's fault. He's drafting the correct talent. It's just not, it's not blossoming here, whether that's, you know, the player development, the coaching, putting them in the right scheme to succeed, you know, i.e. Carson Wentz uh, this season. But um, I think I think that it's too early to, to make that judgment on Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson. I think if Jefferson was here, he would probably be having a, a similar output to Jalen Rager just because I don't think the Eagles know how to use uh, – 
these players the right way, no matter who, how he's drafting. Of course, we don't like the Jalen Hurts pick and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Um, I do want to say I don't really blame Howie on on, on passing on DK Metcalf because um, he said he didn't pass our physical. Dude broke his neck uh, a year before. We just didn't like it. Um, but but moving off of that, because we, we could talk about Howie's drafts, you know, till the cows come home. But I want to move on to the next one. Um, I'll, I'll throw this first to you, Darren. How did you feel about what you saw from Jalen Hurts and just that quick uh, snapshot uh, he almost played two halves. I think it was about the mid middle of the third quarter that he came in. What did you see? Do you think he gave the offense a spark? I mean, he certainly did give something to the offense. Obviously, they scored. So something, you know, maybe it's something like maybe the offensive players are thinking, oh, man, Carson's getting bad. It's like maybe we should start trying that. It's like maybe, uh, maybe we're the reason why Carson's not doing good. But he did bring some sort of spark. I didn't like – I think if you go back, you'll notice this also. I didn't like how Doug kind of – like even then he accommodated the style of play for Jalen. He kind of ran a more college-esque offense, as in he ran a hurry-up. He ran, I think, almost everything out of the gun and almost no run plays. It was basically like a mini air raid offense he was running. But uh, his mechanics look good. He throws a very pretty ball. I think he can be a good quarterback, but – uh, it's just, I mean, you kind of had to dislike Vince Carson. And honestly, like, not like half because he's playing poorly, but half because I'm honestly surprised he hasn't had any sort of injuries that just from taking a beating like time after time. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it, it was tough for me to see Wentz get taken out, but I really did notice a difference. They kind of did, like, move on to that backyard football type mentality where I just saw them rushing to the line. And it seemed like the guys were having fun out there. It's like, that's the first time I saw the offensive players celebrating. And I can't like imagine how many weeks it's just been bad to start out with. I I see why Doug did it. I probably would have done the same thing. And I'm not saying it's fair because the NFL is not fair, but Hertz just brought that certain type of mentality to the team. It's like that Jalen and Jalen connection. I I feel like it's going to be really good between Rager and him. And I, I hate to say it, but, there's just something about this team that we cling on to the backup quarterback. We always want the backup quarterback in because we always think that we can have something better than what's in front of us. So I I just don't think Carson is going to get the benefit of the doubt. And then we're going to see it on Sunday, how um, Doug Peterson goes back to, you know, resorting to the best game plan for his backup quarterback, because I read the stat today that the Eagles are 10 and two when they have a, starting backup quarterback and one of those games was a throwaway game against Dallas in week 17 so initially it it should be 10 and 1 right now but uh Arash I'll throw it to you uh what did you think about Jalen Hurts's performance on Sunday did you think it brought a spark I think I mean it it definitely brought a spark um I mean everyone just started playing harder you could see that on all like levels special teams defense um it just felt like there was just there was definitely like, like, like everybody's been saying a spark when Jalen Hurts came in. However, if you look at like what he was actually doing on offense, like, yes, Doug was immediately, I remember like tweeting something out almost instantaneously. Like it was like two play actions, two rollouts, like move the pocket almost instantaneously. I was like, why couldn't we do that for Wentz? Um, But eventually like they started calling some stuff in the pocket. And if you looked, he got sacked three times on 12 pass attempts. Wentz got sacked four times on 15 pass attempts. So it was like, it was still like, I mean, as, as far as holding on the ball and getting sacked, like the O-line was still not protecting very well for Jalen. I will say that Jalen looked a lot better in, in there because with our O-line issues, he was able to escape and he's just quicker getting out the pocket. And like, for some reason, Wentz doesn't like scrambling like right and left anymore. He'll go up, he'll come back. But like, if you guys noticed since 2017, like his ability to kind of get out the pocket and go right and left and really extend plays that way, has really diminished and Jalen that was something that he came in and he was immediately doing and you could see him like find space move the pocket get out scramble and then look downfield and find open guys and so there was definitely like a spark that way and that I mean that throw to Jalen Rager on the sideline I mean it was money he recognized single high safety and and just saw the incoming blitz knew where to go knew where the hot route was and um, that's something that I feel like Wentz hesitates on recently I don't know if that's a trust thing or if that's in his head thing or Maybe the play is too complicated, doesn't know, simplified, like where to go as soon as someone's blitzing from here or here. Um, so I definitely think there was a spark. Um, everyone was playing a lot better. 
and I, I mean, I felt bad. I felt a lot, really bad for Wentz. Um, but after the game, I was like, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that Doug is going to go with Jalen moving forward, at least, at least for the next week. Um, and he brought the spark, but I, like I said, he's not necessarily doing things that I would like to see our quarterback doing long-term, which is like in Philadelphia, when it gets cold, you need to stay in that pocket and deliver the football. And I don't know, like he wasn't looking too great from the pocket, in my opinion. I mean, neither was Wentz. He was able to get out, but um, I don't know if we want like a one read guy, one read, two read scramble kind of, kind of quarterback long-term. So although he brought a spark, I wasn't like super excited by what I saw. I mean, he did exactly what I was kind of expecting him, expecting yeah. him to do. He kind of did what he did in college. So I there's don't know definitely a thing aspect to him. Because you see how much Lamar Jackson struggles when he faces great defenses in the NFL. Like, as soon as you get to playoff football, that type of quarterback play doesn't fly. Exactly. Like, I don't know, like, how sustainable that kind of play is. Like, yeah, he's going to look better. He's going to make us more competitive in these next couple of weeks. And even game to game, like like I said, being able to use his legs, get on the open field, make people miss on the run, um, that's going to be great. But that's just not a recipe for, like, winning a Super Bowl, in my opinion, or really even, like, being a threat in the playoffs sustainably so that's why I was like he did he was great he offered a spark um but I wouldn't say great he was good he offered a spark but I wasn't like yeah we definitely need to make the switch over to this guy and like get rid of Wentz one thing I will say is that when you bring in a new quarterback after it seems like with Carson Wentz every single drive is a three and out the players in the huddle when they see a new face in the huddle a new voice calling them plays they're going to feel some type of spark, some kind of thing, because it's something different. It's like a new stimulus, and you just naturally it, – it's something different. I feel like you've these offensive players have been in the same routine for 12, 13 weeks now, and they see a new quarterback there. And so maybe they block for an extra second, and that second turns into something special. So I think it was it was something new. It was it was fun to see uh, for, for the half that we saw it. But I just don't think, uh, back to your guys' point, that that kind of play is sustainable because of the way Jalen plays, but I'm coming in with the perspective that the offense isn't going to, because it's, it's brand new and shiny right now. I don't think the offense is going to like play as well as they did uh, moving forward. Yeah. I think uh, Arash made a, a few good points that I want to piggyback on. I think, like you said, the, the one read and go kind of guys, I don't think they last in the NFL. Uh, I don't think um, Jalen hurts is a, an NFL level starter passer in this league. Um, Every fiber in my soul wants to look you guys straight in the Zoom picture and say that he didn't provide a spark. But, you know, the, he did. They, they, he came in. They scored a touchdown. Uh, I, don't, I don't credit Jalen Rager's uh, return touchdown um, into the spark I think he provided. But I do think that it, it, you need some context when you're talking about it. A, a few of his first downs were scrambles, and he got out of the pocket and ran. Uh, I guess you can't discredit that, but, um, you know, he's, he's not staying in the pocket making the throws. Um, the, the throw to, to Rager was a good throw. I mean, it was a nice 34-yard play. And then, of course, uh, the scramble to, to hit uh, Ward in the end zone to get the touchdown. But I just feel like when you throw it up side by side, 5 for 12, 109, touchdown and a pick, sack three times to Carson, 6 for 15, 79 yards, four sacks, no touchdowns, no picks. I mean – did that does that sound any I mean any different I mean Carson can give you 16 points he's been giving you 16 points right uh and three of those 16 points are from Carson and then another seven is from Jalen Rager so I think the offense is going to remain the same I don't think adding Jalen Hurts in there is going to change anything uh unless like we talked about in the earlier segment if Doug pulls his head out of his ass and starts calling what he needs to call uh to help this guy and to help this team you know, maybe run your your stud young running back, um, throw some screens to your explosive rookie wide receiver, uh, get the old man off the field, uh, throw some jump balls to Travis Fulgham. I don't know. Maybe that stuff will work, but I don't think um, a quarterback change is is necessary. Um, and I don't think that you'll see Jalen Hurts provide any more uh, at the QB position than than Wentz has been. Yeah, Tyler, to your point, this is like one of my favorite expressions to say. It's like. Like, yeah, your crap sandwich tasted better than my crap sandwich, but guess what? They're still both crap sandwiches. Like, neither of them played well. It's just that one having to play better than the other, but, like, in the general perspective of it, it's, like, neither of them, like, you know, good. 
Yeah, the Eagles are just a crap sandwich in general. Let's, yeah. let's leave it, right? there, there's nothing good about that team. But, uh, you know, going on to the next point, uh, the Eagles had that, you know, big conferences that they do in the middle of the week where all the players come out and they say all these nice quotes about other players. Uh, one of them today was Brandon Graham, talked about Carson Wentz. He said, don't worry about the naysayers. You know, you're the one that came in here and changed the culture. I still have confidence in you, Carson. Uh, also, Fletcher Cox came forward, said Carson Wentz is my best friend. Miles Sanders said it was messed up. And then you had the same guys, um, you know, supporting Jalen Hurts. Or it, it's just a lot of back and forth. So, Smith, I'm going to let you go first. Where do you think the consensus is of the locker room right now? I think the older guys and the veterans recognize the talent of Wentz and see how well he's played these past few years and seen what he's done. But the younger guys like Jalen Rager, who really hasn't done much uh, until Jalen Hurts came in the game, I think he sees that Hurts gave him selfishly a spark. But it, I think it just depends on how much experience these guys in the roster have. Because if you look at the older guys, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, they're saying that Wentz is a guy moving forward. They know his talent. He was one of the main reasons they won a Super Bowl. But uh, I think the younger guys are going to want to go with Hurts, uh, partially because they might have played better with him but also because they just want to see something new because in one of their first seasons in the NFL, it's, it's been a terrible season. So they just want to see change. Yeah. I think um, to your point uh, about the veterans being the guys that, that believe in Wentz, I think that's what makes me feel a lot better um, going into these final four weeks. Maybe your hands are tied and you just have to make this change. Um, Cause it's almost like, ceremonious that you you know it's, it's a quarterback change because like you know the the message from all of them is it's it sucks that it's happening to that it's happening to Carson because it's not just one guy it's never any one player's fault that we're all playing this bad you know the offensive line's not playing well we're not running the football you know we're giving up points on defense so um I think a QB change is just what you do when you're not playing well offensively and you know the quarterback's not playing that great but um it's, it's good to hear from Fletcher Cox that Carson Wentz is his best friend. It's good to hear Miles Sanders say that's messed up. It's good to hear Jason Kelsey, you know, say this whole team is a crap sandwich, like Darren and James said. It's it's good to hear those guys speak out um, in defense of Carson Wentz because, you know, I would have thought that most of these guys would have sat down at their pressers in, you know, in the middle of the week and just given you the PR answer, uh, you know, of that, you know, we're not playing well and of course wants to make a change and I'm, you know, I'm okay with whatever, you know, this team does and blah, blah, blah. So it was good to see a little um, emotion from these guys standing up for Carson um, as well as being good teammates for Jalen Hurts going forward. So um, I'll throw it to you, Darren, where, where do you, where do you see this team at uh, with, you know, Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts in the locker room? Like chemistry wise, like, or like how like the locker room feels about each quarterback. Yeah, I just like, yeah, the temperature of the team, how you think, you know, how they sway. Do you think the locker room is more, you know, 60, 40 went? So how do you think it, it, it splits? I mean, it's kind of weird because, I mean, all these, all these players want to do is win and play well. And like, like this is not taking a shot at Jalen Hurts, but like part of Jalen Hurts is there does not increase your chances at winning, in my opinion. So, like, I think I agree with you because, like, with the point that the veteran guys are going to kind of go with Carson because they've been with him longer, but kind of maybe, like, the younger guys are kind of maybe more in favor for Jalen. Just, I mean, you know, because, like, they're kind of two different people. Like, Carson Wentz, he's almost 30, kind of had, like, a very different lifestyle than Jalen Hurts. He's like a 22-year-old like kid. He's just uh, enjoying life being a football player. Which I think, like a lot of the younger players are, there's young, there's young, they're just enjoying life, just just doing what they love. And I'm not saying that Carson doesn't enjoy doing what they love, but I think Jalen just might be a little bit more relatable to the younger guys in the locker room as opposed to Wentz's. All right, Arash, I'm gonna throw it to you. Do we got a Jalen Hurts locker room or no? I think I I have honestly been absolutely shocked this week with how many players are out in support of Wentz. Like as much as I. I really do love Wentz as, as the quarterback. I've never seen him as a type of leader that like you see Dak Prescott in, in the Cowboys where like he like actually vibes with a lot of the players on the team. Like I've always seen him just be able to be like best friends with Ertz 
And then beyond that, like, I've never really seen him get along or like, really like, I don't know. You never see those clips of like dudes coming up to him, like on the sideline, them joking around, messing like in practice. Like you just kind of see him doing his thing and then he'll talk to Ertz or Goddard, but like maybe some O-line guys, but that's about it. And so to hear Miles come out, to hear Jason Kelsey, not only come out, but call out the coaching staff while he came out and said the play calling, it's on the coaches too. Like it's all been awful. And um, like hear Fletcher come, like like the tweet and then double down the next day by saying my tweets, my tweet, you know, Carson's one of my best friends here. I talk to him frequently. Miles is saying like, whatever, like what's happening to Wentz is messed up. And uh, like those kinds of things, I was, I've been shocked. Like every day there's a new player coming out saying something. And it made me question today, like, are they like, I wonder how Jalen's feeling about all this. Jalen hurts because I'm like, I mean, you see these vets coming out and being like, what's happening is messed up. Like they're throwing him under the bus and it's not really his fault. And uh, Jalen's in there like trying to like, you know, lead the team now, lead the huddle. Uh, like, if I were, if I were Jalen, I would, I would feel, be feeling some type of way. Um, but I do think like, I mean, you guys have said it, the older guys seem to be on Wentz's side, not quite sure how the younger guys are feeling. I would imagine they're on Hertz's side, especially like players like Rager. Um, but at the same time, a lot of those younger guys just follow the lead of the older guys. So if the older guys are saying Wentz, like, um, I could see a couple of those guys being like, well, if that's what they're saying, like I'm, I'm on board with that. So this, yeah. it's like controversy that it seems like Howie just loves bringing forward for us. Um, it's yeah. just, it's, I was, I've just been shocked to see how the players have responded this week. And I yeah, do think yeah. the locker room. Real quick, Tyler, before you jump in, it shocked me too, because usually I see Wentz by himself on the sideline. I never see him with anybody else. So, so to see all these players come forward, I didn't understand it. Cause I thought they would all be on hurt side. And, it, and it's not been like little things like, Oh, like, you know, we still have confidence in Wentz. It's been like legitimate support. It's not been like, like, like just lip service. It's been like serious, like reiterating how much they believe in Wentz and how much they think it's messed up what's happening. And like, I mean, they're taking shots at the coaching staff and at Doug for like this decision by saying, I think it's messed up what they're doing publicly. So to come out and like put themselves out there to that degree, I think I've, I've just been absolutely shocked by it. Yeah, I think the thing that's been making me feel so good because uh, I love Carson Wentz. I'm one of his biggest supporters. Um, like you said, he, it's it's weird because we don't see him, you know, like Dak Prescott, like some of these other QBs that are like really plugged into their team. I mean, Josh Allen's got a handshake with every offensive player on his team. It's like we don't see that from Carson Wentz. So it's it's funny and it's it's a breath of fresh air to, to see these guys come out in defense of him in the way they are. And I think that's – it speaks more to who he is and the type of player he is. They recognize, they might not have the connection with him off the field, but they know whether that's they've been there for multiple years with him in practice every day in the locker room, whatever it may be that they recognize that he's a leader and that he's the real deal at QB and that they understand the context that this isn't working. This offense isn't working. It's not working for anybody on offense. It's not working for Travis Fulgham anymore. It's not working for Miles Sanders. It's not working for anybody on offense. So how can we put the blame on this guy when this is the dude that's been the guy since you drafted him? So um, we'll, we'll, like we'll flip the page. Year, just earlier this year, he was throwing dimes against the Giants to bring us back to like John Hightower and Boston Scott. And like all of a sudden he's a bust. And I just think like that's why some of those players are just like, nah, we've seen him carry us back. And I just they, they can't get on board with like just making him the scapegoat. Well, that's a perfect point that you serve up because when you talk about pre games this year that he's been the guy to carry this team, not even just the Giants game. We're talking about the you know, even games that we've lost. We have no we have no business being in one score games with the Ravens. We have no business pushing the Steelers yeah. uh to the edge, right? And Carson is the guy in those games carrying this team. And what was the difference in the offense then than it is now? It's it's night and day. They're running the football. They're they're doing more creative things on offense that making it easier for Carson and they're letting him play free and he's ripping the football. So um, it's not even just like, we don't have to go back to last year. You know, if, if somebody wants to have an argument about how Carson's played terrible all season, he's had his bad games. Correct. Yes. But we don't have to go back to 2019. I don't need to talk to you about 2017. We can talk to you about games this year where he's been slinging it and he's been the MVP of this team. Um but, but going forward, flipping the page to Sunday, Jalen Hurts, of course, is going to be the starter. Uh, I'll let you chime in first, uh, Smith. How do you see um, 
Jalen Hurts in his first game? What do you think this offense is going to look like? To be honest, I'm, I'm kind of worried, man. This Saints defense is the best defense in the NFC. That D-line, that front seven is just a scary group to see. And if you're a rookie, it's your first start. It's like a deer in headlights. You see those seven guys coming at you, Cam Jordan off the edge, and you got sacked three times last week in a quarter and a half. I don't think it'll end well. I'd be surprised if we even put up 20 points. I, I just want to see – I want to see how this offense plays. I want to see how Jalen plays. And if Jalen plays and puts up 30, 35 points on the Saints, all the power to him, he deserves to start. But I just don't see any future where that happens. Yeah, that, that Saints defense is scary. There, there's some dogs over there. Uh, Darren, I'm going to throw it to you. I'm going to ask you a two-parter question. One, how do you see Jalen Hurts doing? And two, if Jalen Hurts struggles, does Carson Wentz come in and relieve? Well, the answer to the first part of your question, how Jalen Hurts does is dependent on what Doug Peterson does. If he is going to change the offense and make it more suited for Hurts, well, then A, that's just unfair to Carson, and B, I mean, he would obviously do better because I think this off, like just the offensive scheme and this Doug Peterson is just a whole different mess. And if what was the second part of the question, if he does well? You know, if, if Jalen Hurts struggles, does Carson Wentz come in for relief? Or do you – even the bolder question, do you think Carson Wentz is inactive on Sunday? Is he going to be the backup? Uh, yes, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be active. I wouldn't want – I mean, because, like, God God forbid, like, Jalen Hurts gets hurt. I don't want uh, Sudfeld coming in and, and him risking getting hurt. And then you're maybe only stuck with Carson Wentz and no backup behind him. Just because, you know, I, like I said, I'm very surprised he hasn't got hurt yet this season just with the amount of time he got hit. But if Hurts struggles, I mean, it depends. Like, I can only see him getting taken out if it's, like, mid-third, he has less than 100 yards and multiple turnovers and, like, a lot of sacks and just has not, like, like, I think they're going to be a little lenient with him. Like, I think if he throws, like, two picks, but, like, he's completing some nice balls, I think they're going to be like, all right, you can stay in. But if he just, like, is just playing a like, complete crap, like, he's not throwing good balls, he's getting sacked, he's committing turn or, uh, yeah, committing turnovers, I think then we might see Wentz come back in. Yeah, I think um... – I think you make a few good points. I think they will be lenient with with Jalen Hurts just because I don't think they want to have that uh, going back and forth. That's never good. I think um, unless Jalen Hurts comes out and throws an ungodly amount of, of interceptions, turns the ball over, just looks like he's not capable of handling the offense that uh, they would ever go back to Carson. I think it'll probably be his job for the remainder of the year, barring injury. So uh, I'll throw it to you, Arash. How do you, how do you see um, – this offense this weekend, how do you envision Jalen Hurts' first uh, real game action going? All I'm going to say is this. Boys, get ready. Jalen Hurts is about to ball out and beat the Saints. And I hate to say oh. that. I'm, I'm an Eagles fan. Oh. And I, I, like, want us to win. But I'm telling you right now, he's going to come out. They got no tape on him. The Saints have been due for an upset. You know, they start slacking off at this time of year every year. They start to like decrease. Like, yeah, they get some wins here and there, but they start to decrease in form every every time starting December. That's why they never make it to the Super Bowl. Um, and I like that. No, I like it a lot. Keep and, going. And Jalen's going to come in and he's like, he just has confidence. Like he's a confident guy. He's going to come in. One of Wentz's problems this year is his lack of trust in the O-line makes him drop back. And he's not like his mechanics dropping back isn't great. He's not like sturdy when he hit, when that back foot hits. He's not great with his mechanics throwing forward. When he's throwing to a wide receiver, he's like hesitant because he doesn't know if he's if the wide receiver is actually going to be there or not. So he's not really throwing with anticipation. All, all those things that have been happening this year are in Wentz's head. So he's so that's kind of why he's been playing poorly. And Jalen, on the other hand, he hasn't experienced that. So he's going to come in slinging it. Like he's going to be giving his wide receivers 50-50 balls. He's going to be like running the offense, knowing exactly where his hot reads are. And he's going to come in and do, do a great job, in my opinion. It's not going to be that great from the pocket. A lot of it's going to be coming from scrambling. But um, I think he's going to come and do a great job. Very likely we might actually win this game because the defense is always up for against the Saints. And um, I think, you know, I think it's very possible we win it. And this Q QB controversy just gets fueled even more, um, which unfortunately is going to just be miserable for Wentz. But uh, it's going to be a yeah, long I think, off I think Hertz is going to ball out just because that's 
like it's going to be his first start and he's just going to come in with hella confidence and just like let it rip. I like that, dude. I, I'm telling you, it's either going to be 31-3 Saints or it's going to be 37-34 Eagles. And I, I honestly think the Eagles have a good chance of winning it. And it's because of those points that Arash brought up. One, there is no tape on Jalen Hurts. The Saints have, I mean, other than college, the Saints have absolutely no clue what to expect. Two, Doug Peterson is basically coaching for his life right now. I think if they don't win these next four games, Doug's out. I, I think he knows that too. So he's going to be coming up with the best game plan he can possible. And three, Taysom Hill is going to start for the Saints. I know Taysom Hill has been playing well recently, but the bottom line in bottom line is he's not a quarterback. You know, he's not a franchise quarterback that you build your team around. And I know Jim Schwartz is wishy-washy. You know, some days he brings it, some days he doesn't. But I think he's going to come up with a scheme to confuse Taysom Hill and the Eagles defense will – yeah, I don't think they'll have a great game, but they'll make enough stops to give the Eagles a chance going forward for the remainder of the game. Just a right. quick piggyback. Okay. One more thing onto that point is that you already know, we kind of mentioned it earlier, that Doug is going to simplify the heck out of this offense. Like This is going to be a college RPO, kind of like what he did with Nick Foles. Nobody had film on Nick Foles running this new offense that we created in the bye week of that playoff. So when we went to the Super Bowl and won it, like nobody knew what we were about to come out with because we completely changed the offense during that bye week. Jalen Hurts, same situation. He's going to be running the ball, RPOs, play action passes, like, and like no one's going to have film. And you know, Doug's going to call like the perfect game now um, for Jalen. And it's just going to be like the most mind bottling, like frustrating thing you'll ever see is like, we're going to be like, why didn't he do this for Wentz? And it's just, it's just, it's like the perfect story. Yeah. I think if the Eagles win this game, it might be the most uh, frustrating and angry I've ever been after a win um, just because I don't, I don't envision uh, Jalen hurts coming in against the number one uh, pass defense in the NFL and, and orchestrating this, you know, very dysfunctional offense to a win. Um, and if he does, like we said, if we, if he does, it'll be because Doug did him a lot of favors. It'll be because Doug ran the ball with miles and Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. It's because he's, um, play action pass it's because of rollouts it's because of rpos it's because of screens it's it's because of all the things that he didn't do with carson in the game and for carson and i think that's you know to my point why i would be furious uh even in a win just because it's you're you're creating something disastrous for your franchise and for your 128 million dollar quarterback um if jalen hurts comes into this game you simplify the offense for him and he succeeds and wins this game against the Saints, which would be a huge win for the Eagles playoff chances um, and just confidence in, you know, in itself. You beat the Saints who were, you know, I think the number one record in the NFC right now. Um, but we're going to we're going to go to the final, the holy grail of topics uh, to kind of wrap up this this QB situation roundtable. Um, who should go at the end of the season? Uh, it, you don't have to just give me one name. It can be a mix of the names. You can, you know, throw in names that I'm not even mentioning. Um, at the end of the, the 2020 season, who is going out the doors? Is Howie going? Is Doug going? Do they trade Carson? Do they manage to trade Jalen Hurts? Um, I'll throw it to you, Smith. Um, how do you see this, this offseason kicking off uh, 2020 um, with who's staying, who's going? Now, I'll, I'll say what I want first off. I want Doug and Howie both to be gone. I want the front office to recognize that Wentz is a guy moving forward and that Wentz is what the Eagles need right now, and they just need to restructure the front office, restructure the coaching, most importantly the play calling, and keep Jim Schwartz on the defensive side. That's what I want. But honestly, what I think will happen, I, I don't know if Doug Peterson will get fired because, of, as you guys mentioned, he's playing for his job right now. And we've seen him in the past call plays that have worked very well, especially for backup quarterbacks. And I think in these last four games, the, the last two games are very, very winnable. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles somehow took one of these next two. So I, I think when you look at it at the end of the season versus now, the, the owner, the front office guys will be a lot more confident in Doug Peterson moving forward. Howie Roseman is one that that's a big question mark because of the one, the, the drafting and ability we've seen and two, just the cap space. Like he has put us in a terrible spot moving forward for cap space. 
And we've seen how good he's been in the past at shuffling that around. But given the, the percentage decrease in cap space for 2021, we're in a terrible spot with or without him. So I hope Howie and Doug are gone. But I, I have this I have this feeling. I, I don't think the Eagles are ready to pull the trigger on Doug or maybe even Howie just yet. Yeah, I just want yeah. to copy and paste uh, exactly what Smith said. Uh, for me, so I'm not going to take up too much time. Everything that he said, I completely agree with. Uh, I want exactly what uh, Smith just said. Howie and Doug, you got to go. You have to understand that in this league, if you don't have a QB, you don't have a chance and you have nothing, you have no direction. Um, the Jets, you, you're, you're, you, you have no direction. You have no clue what you're doing. Even if you get Trevor Lawrence, uh, you're still multiple years away. But there's so many situations where look at us after Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick. It was just, it was a long stretch of years where um, we go to um, Sam Bradford and it's Nick Foles. And then finally, you know, we luck into how we making some magic moves and getting uh, Carson Wentz. I don't think this team ever wants to be in QB limbo ever again, because you can't win. And it's just, it's not a good place to be. I think you have to really sit down and understand if you're Jeffrey Lurie, that you have, a franchise quarterback and that's more important than a head coach and that's more important than a GM. Um, so I really hope that Lurie makes the right moves and rides with Carson. Um, I'll let Darren take over uh, for this one. Who should go this off season? I mean, it's hard to say. I think, I think the easiest person to get rid of, and this is something I've, I've been wanting them to get rid of is uh Jim Schwartz and Press Taylor. Uh, I've won Schwartz gone since uh, 2018. I hate his defense. He refuses to blitz. Like, we have the second most stacks in the NFL with, like, the – but we're, like, 26th in blitz percentage. So, that's a – he. I just don't think he uses his people right. Uh, I think Press Taylor, I mean, like, he hasn't done anything – I mean, I don't really think John Filippo was that, like, an all-good quarterback coach either, but I don't think Press Taylor is really good either. Um as for like the Howie and Doug situation, it's hard to say. I think they can be a little bit more lenient th- with Doug just because of Corona. Because I don't think Corona doesn't really affect didn't really affect the free agency in my opinion, and like uh, what Howie did. But I think they still, if they want to keep, if for some reason they want to keep both of them, I think they have to make some adjustments. I think if you keep both of them, you have to get Doug an offensive coordinator who calls the plays instead of him and his boring system and his terrible play calling. And you have got to strip away Howie's executive vice president title. All right, real quick before I throw it to Arash, I, this is what I'm going to give you. This is what I think is going to happen. I don't think any of them leave. I think Howie and Laurie are, you know, best friends, so it's not going to happen. And I think they give Doug the benefit of the doubt just because of the whole COVID situation. But I, I would rather see Doug stripped of most of his powers, but he stays. You get another offensive coordinator here, and then you relieve Howie of his duties. Yeah, I think um, I think you have two options here. I think that, and I kind of talked to um, some friends about this recently, but I think you have two options. Either you start Wentz next year, and uh, you trade Hurts this this off season. Um, or you're starting Hurts and you're going to have the most expensive backup in the history of football in Wentz, unless you can find someone to trade. And then you're going to have probably the most expensive cap hit with like an even smaller cap um, than everybody else because we're already going to have a reduced cap next year. So I think those are two options. You're starting Wentz, starting Hurts. If you're starting Wentz, Hurts has got to go. Uh, no more QB controversies. I think we've learned that that's not beneficial for Wentz. Um, and so that's from a player's perspective, from a quarterback situation. I think that's what needs to happen. Um, and either way, in order to get to that decision, I think that we need to play Jalen Hurts for the rest of the season. Because if you guys remember back in the draft, and we drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, and everybody was like, why the hell did they do that? Um, how he came out, basically, there was two reasons. One, having a good backup. I guess they didn't really believe in Nate Sudfeld. Having a good backup in a year with COVID was going to be important. But more importantly, they kept referring to the Russell Wilson miss back in, I don't know, 2013, 2012, 2011, whenever that, whenever he was drafted and how they were waiting for him and they were going to draft him. And they just like sat and waited one round too long. Seattle moved up, got him. So that means that they think that Jalen Hurts may potentially be the next Russell Wilson. So I don't think that's going to be the case, but if you think that that's the case, you need to see him play. 
And I think that playing Jalen Hurts for the rest of the season um, is going to either build his value and you can get a haul for him, get some picks back so we can help actually help Wentz. Um, so let him play for the rest of the season and hopefully we can get a trade out of him. Or you're going to see quickly that uh, Jalen Hurts is just not that guy. And either way, we're going to trade him for something, maybe nothing, and get him out. And hopefully everybody will be supporting Wentz and the controversy will be over. But as far as the, uh, the coaching situation, front off situation goes, I think it's time for Doug to go. Um, he had that one really, really good year um, for the Super Bowl. Beyond that, he's been an average coach in a really, really, really awful division. And uh, I mean, we barely won it last year. I know we had injuries. We're like awful this year, year before that, barely won or barely came in second to the Cowboys. And that's um, with, I mean, we've had really good offensive personnel for the most part. We've had two of the best, we have the best right tackle, in my opinion, best right guard, in my opinion, one of the best centers in the league as well. And that's when Jason Peters hadn't fully fallen off a cliff yet. We had two great tight ends in, in Goddard and, and uh, Ertz. And like, yeah, the wide receiver situation wasn't great, but it was enough. It was enough to have a functional offense. We had enough running back help to be able to run the ball, play action pass and, and have a good offense. And since that Super Bowl year, our offense has been awful. Um, we've barely been able to put up 20 points. Even when we went against the Saints, we had two quick touchdowns with Foles in the playoffs with them. And then we didn't score again. And we, our last drive was the first time we got past midfield for the, like, for the remainder of the game when Alshon dropped that or went right through his hands and there was a pick. So there's been offensive problems since immediately after the Super Bowl. And I put that on Doug. And Doug right now is the third best head coach in the NFC East. Uh, he's not better than Ron Rivera. And it's looking like New York Giants Joe Judge is better than him as well. And so because of that, I think it's time to move on from Doug. And I think you need to get either Eric Bieniemy in here or uh, the Bills OC, who's been doing a great job, not only calling plays, but um, designing plays for Josh Allen, or you need to get Lincoln Riley. I, I would really like to see Lincoln Riley working with Wentz. That'd be great. Um, that would be my ideal head coach situation. I would like to bring back Deuce Staley, and I would like to bring back our O-line coach because he's incredible. I can never remember his name. But yeah, Press Taylor got to go. Um, Schwartz, I'm indifferent on. Like I think he's done a pretty good job for what he's had to deal with. Um, so I would be fine with him coming back. But in the front office, um, yeah, I would like to see Howie go, and I'd like to see Louis Riddick come in, um, mainly because he's worked in the Eagles front office before, and I think he has um, incredible incredible, incredible pedigree, and I think he could uh, really fix the organization quickly. Um, and But knowing Jeffrey Lurie, he's one of the most patient owners. He's a very smart owner, but he's a very patient owner. He never makes quick emotional decisions. And I just don't think much of that's going to happen. I think, like you guys said, how he's going to stay. Um, and I think that he's going to either give Doug another shot or let Howie pick another coach. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, I think we're going to be in this next year. And I don't like the idea of like minimizing Doug's role and putting coaches in his staff that he doesn't like, because that kind of happened this year. And like, it's, it just doesn't seem to work if Doug isn't fully on board with somebody. And so like hiring an OC that Doug doesn't really want or isn't really on board with, I feel like isn't fully going to solve the issues. But I think at the minimum, we need to get a former QB as a QB coach for Wentz. And we need a true offensive coordinator, hopefully also a former QB. Because when we drafted him, we surrounded him with three former QBs with Dave DeFilippo, Frank Reich, and Doug Peterson. And he did, he did it really well. Since then, we've only removed those guys from him. And so I just have having a guy in his ear uh, moving forward to like really simplify the offense really help them understand where the ball is supposed to go and which defender you're supposed to be reading on this play um i think will not only fix Wentz, but it'll get him back to that mvp form so that's kind of what i'm hoping but either way i think jalen hurts needs to play the rest of the year and i hope we can trade him this year for some picks and yeah it'll, it'll be an interesting offseason i think it's going to be a very long one um it's not going to be fun for us to endurance eagles fans but Real quick, I'm going to give you guys the lightning round. Just brief answers. Smith, I'm going to go with you first. Most overrated eagle this year. Most overrated eagle this year. I, th I think all of them. <laughs> yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to name them. <laughs> that could be an answer. All right. Most underrated eagle. Underrated eagle. Give me, give me Fletcher Cox. I don't think a lot of people recognize that he's been playing well recently. And, all right. And people still Which think he's a waste of money. I love him. Which beloved Eagle do you think will leave this offseason? Uh, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, there's a chance they're both gone. Oh, man. 
don't like that. All right, which position should we target in the first round of the draft? Wide receiver, Jamar Chase. Embrace the chase. Let's see it from LSU. I like it. I like it. Okay. And who will be the quarterback next season, and which coach will be standing next to him? I think as much as we want to see change in the head coach position, I think it'll be Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz once again. And it's, it might be a long offseason, but I think those two will still remain on the Eagles next year. All right, Darren, you're up. Most overrated Eagle? Fulgham. Most Oh, I like that. Yeah, I agree. Most underrated Eagle? Uh, None? My lot, of, my lot or her big? Yeah, okay. I like that too. Uh, which beloved Eagle will leave this offseason? I mean, realistically, Jackson, I mean, he's not doing good right now, but he was beloved in the past, so that's why I'm taking him. Yeah. Deshaun okay. Jackson. That's a good one. Which position do you think we target in the first round of the draft? Uh, it depends. If Chase is off the board by six, or if Chase is on the board by six, wide receiver. If Chase is off the board by six, trade back, get Creed on free center. Okay. Who will be the Eagles quarterback and coach week one? Carson Wentz being head coach by Joe Lombardi. Whoa. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, Raj. Most overrated Eagle. Uh, I'm going – I'm going to go Fulgham as well. Most underrated Eagle? I'm going to go Mylotta or Greg Ward. Okay, yeah. Which beloved Eagle will leave this offseason? Zach Ertz. I, I was waiting for somebody to say that. Okay, what position should we target in the first round? I'm a big O-line, D-line guy, and our D-line's getting old. So I'm honestly, as much as we need a wide receiver, which I would love to get a wide receiver as well, but we really could use some like young D line help at especially that high. It would be great to get like a great D tackle or a great D end. That's just going to tear it up for the next 10 years. All right. Bold, bold. Who will be the Eagles coach and quarterback week one next year? Wentz will be the quarterback and Doug will be the coach. But if one is going to change, it's going to be Doug. All right, Tyler, your last most right. overrated Eagle. Most overrated Eagle. That's a tough one. Um, you gotta go, Nicole Roby Coleman, bro. That dude's been garbage this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think just because that's such a tough one with me, I'll yeah, I'll roll with Nicole Roby Coleman. That's that that that's something that I have to sit and, and think on. Yeah, most underrated. All right, I'm, I might piss off a few of you guys. Most underrated Eagles, Jalen Mills. Okay, all right, yeah, he's versatile. Which beloved Eagle do you think will leave this offseason? I think it'll be Zach. I think it'll be a bunch of them. I think Zach and Brandon and uh, I forgot Kelsey about and Fletcher Cox could have a chance to go as well. Yeah, I think Deshaun goes too. I forgot about him. Uh, what position do we target in the first round? I think that the Eagles uh, target the the wide receiver position in free agency and trade. I think if if they go into next season with Carson Wentz as the QB, I think they understand weapons now, uh, contribution now. I think it's a trade for a top notch wide receiver. So I think in the draft, um, I'll you know repeat what Arash said. I think it's either offensive line or defensive line, both uh, strengths of the team. Um, maybe not offensive line right now, but. Uh, guys getting old, so you need to add some youth there. Uh, so I'll probably go O-line, D-line. All right. And your favorite question, Tyler, who will be the Eagles coach and quarterback next year for week one? Uh, Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson. I think um, I think Howie will take some time uh, along with Jeffrey Lurie after the end of the season. Um, if everybody retains their job, I think they both understand that, you know, a lot of things were working against them um, this year and um, this duo – in 2017 got the team to the Super Bowl and won it. So I think they, they keep trying to squeeze that 2017 lemon until there's nothing left. I like that. All right. Good answers, everybody with that. I'm going to let Tyler wrap it up. All right. I just want to say thank you guys so much, Smith, Arash, Darren, for coming on with us um, for the first ever round table. Uh, it's been a crazy week uh, with the benching of Carson Wentz. And then of course, Doug Peterson naming uh, Jalen hurts, the starter going into this saints game. So um, the internet Eagles, Twitter Eagles, Instagram has been on fire with, uh, you know, takes from both sides. So me and James really wanted to put something together where we get more voices in the, in the room on the podcast outside of ours. So we really appreciate you three being the first three, uh, to come on to the first one. And hopefully, you know, we can have you guys back on more to follow. So, um, number one in the books with many more to come. Thanks.
All right, everybody, that'll do it for this episode of the Birds of Broad Street podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, leave a review. Do not forget to go ahead and follow James and I on Instagram at Fresh Prince of Philly, at Eagle Sansis, where we post any update for the podcast as well as other Eagles content. Go ahead and follow us on there. We had a fun time on this roundtable podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to be on a future episode, go ahead and DM James or I. Until next time, go Birds!